And we're live. Hey, everyone. Welcome to TTSN, the transformational squirrel network where we make shift happen. We're so excited to have you here tonight with us as we speak with this amazing woman who's guiding women to honor their soul purpose and build self-belief, confidence, and alignment for long-term sustained health, happiness, and success. We want, to, want you to help us welcome mindset coach and business strategist, Carrie Faith Knudsen. Welcome to our show, Carrie. We're so excited to have you here today. Welcome, Thank you. Carrie. Thank you so much, Cindy and Tamala. It's a true honor. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to see what we uncover in our conversation. Absolutely. Well, the first thing that we would like for you to uncover for us is how you got to where you are right now, because you are coaching, using mindset coaching, you are a business strategist. What brought you down this path? Well, I feel like in all of our greatest adversities and struggles and obstacles is really where the true greatest opportunity is. So it came from a lifetime of really struggling, I feel like, of that busy chatter mind and mm. feeling like I never fit in anywhere. And I see you nodding because I think a lot of people that I connect with most now, people that are very aligned spiritually, emotionally, psychologically, and have been through a long journey themselves have had similar feelings, right? Mm -hmm. Feeling like you don't fit in anywhere, like you're the oddball, like you're the black sheep of the family. That was me. Yeah. And there is a reason for that. But ever since I was in high school, I have been so intrigued by psychology and the way our minds work. So that was, I think, the first seed that planted me into this mindset work is that in high school, I took the elective psychology. And at that time, it was all about, this was in the 90s, so very long time ago. I'm dating myself. I can't believe it. <laughs> how, how long ago it was that I was in high school, but you know, psychology was a little bit different in the 20th century versus what we are finding out now about the mind. And I was introduced to Freud and I just thought it was so obscured. I still don't really agree with Freud's theories, but I just was so intrigued by it that I have spent the last 25, 30 years um, uncovering this thing called the mind. You're right. Oh, wow, that's fascinating right like when you learn early on so you're in high school and that actually led you down the path that you're on right now and so many people don't have that fortune right they start out on one path only to discover that that's not where they wanted to go and eventually get to a path or sometimes get to the path that they actually wanted. So that's awesome that you knew that. Well, I didn't quite know it. exactly how you just described it is my story. <laughs> so I want to say that I am just like the most people that thought they were supposed to be doing other things or got so, you know, off the track, I feel like in their young adulthood, 20s, you know, through my 20s, I experience um, 
really deep depression. And so that put me in a dark place for a really long time. And so it wasn't like I had, I found psychology and I had that, that moment of like, I'm going to be a psychologist my whole life, because really I didn't go down the traditional path and we can uncover that a little bit more. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, I just want to relate to the audience and you that, yes, I took all the detours to get to where I am today. (laughs) Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So I would like to ask, um, I was looking at some of the stuff on your page about podcasts and stuff. And I noticed a a podcast that you did that um, talks about making sense of depression. And so that's something that I think is really important to touch into because, Mm -hmm. you know, when we're in that state or in that, you know, dark place, there is no making sense. It seems right. It's, it's just, it seems like a circle that you just can't get out of. And so I'd like you to speak into that if you can. For sure. I mean, just you talking about it just reminds me of, you know, how far that I've come and healing myself from that circle, because I was a child that never really felt really elated. Like I just always hated my birthdays. I didn't feel like I fit in a lot of places. I was that kid in class that was kind of like daydreaming and not quote paying attention. Mm -hmm. And, you know, at 19 years old, I had a boyfriend and he started expressing to me his feelings and his thoughts and his emotions. And he tur- he said the word depression. And I never knew like it had a term for the way I was feeling all that time. So, you know, I self-diagnosed myself. I finally had the courage to tell my mother and she told me a to snap out of it. And I knew that I couldn't just snap out of this, these feelings that I was feeling for such a long time. And so I, I, I found my own help in, in college, you know, and it was through this class called meditation, another class that was very transformational that I took. I took a meditation class in, in college in Boulder, Colorado, probably the only place that would have meditation uh, <laughs> in a college curriculum back in the 90s. But it led me to, he- to start healing. And my depression was very like uh, cyclical. Is that the right word? Cyclical, yeah. So it came, you know, towards the end of summer and fall. And I would just hit downward, downward spiral. And then I would seek help and then spring would come and I'd feel great. So as we know Mm -hmm. it now, that's a seasonal, it's called term sad, seasonal affective disorder. And so, you know, a lot of people experience this. Um, But to me, I believe depression is a sign that you have such innate gifts within you if you are experiencing this. Or for me, that I had so much potential and I wasn't utilizing it because nobody really saw that potential in me and I never really sparked it. And so I don't know if that you can lean into that or have any experience yourself or see this in anyone else. 
Right. Absolutely. You know, I, I, for 20 plus years of my adult life, lived in depression and anxiety, right, and found my way out. You know, certainly there are times when I feel that way still, but I know how to get myself out of it and, and, and how, who to reach out to for that support. And it goes away really quickly. But in the past, I didn't know how to do that, right? Yeah. Yeah. And I guess finding the tools, right, is, is so huge. And huge. part of the reason why we're doing what we're doing by having these conversations. Um, I just wanted to, to touch into what you were saying, Carrie, about, um, you know, somebody else seeing that um, you had special gifts or, you know, like, I think the way we're taught in society, there's so many of us that have, you know, many gifts, all of us actually, I believe do, but, you know, we're not all meant to think inside the box. And that's how we're taught in our, you know, in even just the classroom period, like just the way our society is set up. And so I think now we're starting to break out of that and we're starting you know, it's, it's slow and a process, but I think it's happening, you know, and, and we, when we look at what's happening in the world and, you know, you can really look at it in two different forms and say, oh my God, it's so terrible. Or you can say, wow, look at that. We're connected to the whole wide world. And now we can put our focus on something that does interest us instead of, you know, with kids doing online learning and whatever, like they have more opportunity now than we ever did. And so with that, I think comes some expansion, um, you know, for the mind and the soul and spirit and, and everything, right? Um, I don't know if you guys agree with that, but that's just kind of my take on, um, you know, the depression thing and, and how hopefully we can move past that with this kind of connection that we have now. Mm -hmm. I agree 100%, Cindy. It's about when some when we realize our unique strengths and really honor those, and that's why it's my mission uh, with my brand, Carrie Faye, to really have um, awake not only awaken people's strengths because you know that it's there. A lot of people have been awakened in 2020 to their higher purpose and realizing the way they were doing things maybe no longer serve them and we're empowered to take different steps and choices. But sometimes there's that lack of belief that you can actually apply it into making the bigger difference in the world. And that's really, I think that where we find our purpose is not only understanding our own beautiful uniqueness, right? Because we're all so beautiful and unique, but we're stuck in this social comparison now more than ever because of social media and to just go within and realize this is your uniqueness and really just own up to it and honor it and mm -hmm. not be scared and shy away from speaking the truth. And I wanted to piggyback on what we said, I think before we started recording that I think a lot of people, well, I know a lot of people are depressed or have been depressed and even more as we are past the year of, of you know, COVID-19 and the pandemic in different countries and different states, 
being hit with it at different times. Yes, we're going through this on a collective level, but at the same time, we're hearing more and more about how people are depressed, how -hmm. people are anxious and going through these waves of it because I believe that people are speaking up about it more. And that's the beauty of it and why I feel like I can't really shy away from speaking about the depression, even though I found all the tools in my toolbox, that it's so important that we speak up for it because it is also honoring the experience and it's an experience. It's fleeting, right? Yeah. Our thoughts, feelings, and emotions are not stuck unless you stay there. Right. Um, it's just the tools are there. And I'm so honored that you, Cindy and Tamala are bringing out those tools uh, through this uh, podcast and show it's beautiful. Thank you. You know what, you reminded me of something. Now, if a couple, I don't even remember which podcast it was that we were doing and Cindy and I were talking afterwards. And then I was speaking with another friend last night about the post-traumatic stress that this is bringing on, right? That COVID is bringing on for people. And not only is that post-traumatic stress coming out and showing itself already with some people, but it will continue to show itself in the future. So some people are dealing with it already. They're allowing that feeling to come to the surface and processing it as we go, while other people are are stuffing it down and they're the the strong ones. They're not going to let this bother them. They're stuffing it down. But If you don't allow yourself to feel that emotion and work through the emotion as we go along, then what's going to happen is there will be a point where it does bubble to the surface and it might, you might not know what's coming out for you, but it will come out at one point. You have to, have to, have to deal with the emotions that go with COVID as they come up. Please do that so that you're not stuffing it and having to deal with it later on. Because then you don't know how it'll come out. Right. I think it's beautiful too, the, you know, that there is so much sharing now and there's so much connection that we have that, you know, it, it's giving a chance for people to, to connect to their compassion as well. You know, you know that you're going through struggle with maybe whatever's happening in your life maybe you're not seeing your family or you know confusion about a vaccine or whatever it is that's going on for you you know you can look across to your neighbor and and realize oh my god like they're going through it too or somebody in their family is or you know they maybe can't see their grandma or whatever the case may be right and so i think we're really cultivating a culture of compassion as well you know which is beautiful Mm-hmm. Carrie, we have a question here from Warren. Do you feel that you can come out of depression and anxiety alone, or do you need an outside resource to move forward? For example, a friend, family, a professional. Did you say it was Warren? Mm-hmm. Asked the question. Warren, that is a very good question. I believe that we are all here to learn and grow and evolve together. So life primitively, we are not meant to do life alone. And a lot of the time, I feel like that's where 
um, the depression grows, right? Because whatever feeling, whatever emotion or experience that you're having that is causing you or someone you love to feel bad, depressed, anxious, it is because they don't, they feel alone. Really it is. And so mm -hmm. I do agree that we must rely on outside sources to help us because that's the way we are built as a species. Um, as animals, as a species, as a collective, we are here to do it together. And so the question, to answer the question, yes, reach out, voice, whatever it is, find tools, um, just, I feel like ask for help. You know, I think that was the, the, one of our biggest strengths is the ability, one, to ask for help and two, to receive it. But I feel like also we're conditioned as a society, as at least in the United States, that's where I am. You, you ladies are in Canada, right? Yes. yes. Well, still North, North America, mm -hmm. we are in a individualistic culture. And that's not to say that people are not in collective cultures here. It's just my understanding from studying uh, global psychology is that um, certain cultures are very much more about doing everything alone and other cultures are very much about doing it together, but also about silencing the way you feel. So it's hard because sometimes asking for help is going against cultural norm or even your family values. But I do believe, and I want to honor that, but I do believe that is, it is essential that you look for as many outlets as possible to move through that energy. Cause really all it is, is, is energy as my throat is like clogged because that's energy, right? Right. Yeah. It's all energy. And um, when you look at it from an energetic standpoint and that depression of feeling like you're stuck or you're alone, it's just an idea of energy being stuck. Like it, it used to be stuck in my throat. I stayed silent and then I had chronic headaches and neck pain and back pain because all these feelings do create when you stuff it down like you said Tamala it creates that physical ailment and that's part of my story as well that I experienced decades and decades of chronic pain because I wasn't moving through that energy of emotions mm -hmm. so absolutely <laughs> So thank you for asking the question, Warren, and thank you for bringing that up, Tamala. Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, we have a few people on here that were that are saying hi to you, Carrie. There's Chad, Yvonne, James, Gita. I know that you know a few of those names. Oh, Jennifer's great. here with us. So yeah, hi, there are friends. lots of people. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so excited uh, more people are watching. And if you have any question, please tune in. You know, I want to share about this idea that everything is consciousness, right? Because that's really what like mindset and what field that we're moving into. Because like you said, like we're evolving and changing so quickly as individuals, as a collective, as just the world changing. Um, I'm reading a book right now and I was, I have a book club. I'm not trying to pitch. It's a free book club. If you want to join, you can join. You but can I have pitch. A, <laughs> yeah. I have a book club. 
And um, our book for next month was uh, Think and Grow Rich. You know, I know a lot of people probably have read it or want to reread it. But I found another book by Napoleon Hill, right? And it's How to Own Your Own Mind. And it's fascinating, right? It reminds me that everything really does stem from a thought and how powerful our thoughts are and everything that we think is like created in the outside world. And I think that Cindy, um, you were going to ask me, a sorry, my dog is barking. Then you were going to ask a question about, you know, and the question that you had was like kept appearing in, in um, my life recently. So whatever, you know, we see keep repeating in our lives is an area and signs like that's the way we're supposed to move right. through that energy that I was talking about. Mm -hmm. I love it. Yeah, and yeah, it's so true. What what comes up? That's and if it's something that's bothering us that somebody else is doing, it's something that we are holding on to that we need to heal within ourselves, right? Yeah. yeah. And it can be just simple things, you know, something that keeps popping up on your uh, Facebook feed, or you know, something that, and it's just a reminder, and it's just okay. I get it, right? And, and paying attention to that and, and taking, sometimes it's an opportunity or whatever it is. Um, I wanted to ask you, I noticed um, too, in some of your um, posts that you talked about cultivating intentional presence. And so I think that's really important to talk about mm -hmm. with talking about depression so that, you know, we can maybe leave our audience with some tips on how to, you know, how to deal with some of these things that are happening in their lives? Such a great question, because I know, Tamla, you said that you had experience or do experience anxiety, and I do as well. And what I've learned through my own healing journey is that it's, I was brought into this world already predisposed to having anxiety, and my anxiety goes back four generations. And so I just want to put some sense of understanding that sometimes we can feel anxious in the moment, but sometimes we don't feel like we have control over that anxiety. Mm -hmm. and, um, and presence is really where all of that anxiety can be addressed. And, you know, it's funny because I feel like in the past year since the global pandemic has been where I have been able to manage my own anxiety more than ever, yet as a collective and people who had never had anxiety are experiencing anxiety more and more and more. So why is this, right? It's very interesting, especially our children. I don't know if you both are parents, but the rate of anxiety in our children is higher than it's ever been. So how do we deal with anxiety, right? It, all comes back to the breath. So really that's the first one, because for me, like I said, that anxiety was, I was brought into, um, you know, prenatally, I, I was exposed to anxiety. So the anxiety was, can get stuck in our chest, like me, and my breathing patterns get off. And I didn't realize this until I started speaking having a podcast and having coaches saying, oh my gosh, your breathing is off. And who would have known that? 
So everything does come back to the breath. So if you're catching yourself in an anxious moment, the best way to get yourself present is the breath. And we're all breathing wrong because we, <laughs> we breathe through our lungs, right? And so it's that breathing through the belly. And even now I have to remind myself and sometimes it's just putting your hand there too on your belly. So when you take that breath in, you can feel the stomach expand because like I said, we're all doing it wrong and I do it wrong unless I keep my focus there. Mm -hmm. And then the second tip I always tell myself and my clients is, and my daily practice is I write down, how do you want to feel today? Because we don't realize how many choices we have and the choice is how we want to feel. Mm -hmm. And even if you're feeling anxious, it's like, well, do you want to feel anxious? Probably not. Mm -hmm. How do you want to feel today? You know, and there's so many ways that we can feel on a positive spectrum. So it can be empowered or positive or inspired or beautiful or happy, whatever it is, mm -hmm. that's my word of the day. And that's how I find presence and intention in my daily practice. Did that answer your question? And we can go into yeah. more ways. No, it definitely did. I mean, it's um, very important to, you know, touch on some of these things that can bring us out of you know, where we're at, which is usually stuck up here, mm -hmm. right? And for me, I always try and get myself back into my body. And breath is, is one of those ways, right? That right. you, you know, another is feeling sensations or feeling, you know, mm -hmm. just the Touch. tingles and whatever that are happening inside your body, right? Mm -hmm. And immediately you're out of your head then, you know? Right. Yeah. And with that breath, it's important to follow it, right? M mindfully follow where your breath is going so that your, your mind is occupied. It's, it can't think of something else if you're following right. your breath, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And you know, what is it another interesting way is through sound, right? Mm -hmm through sound is very powerful. Like yeah, even awesome. just grab yourself a $20 sound bowl. They're very powerful, right? They, <laughs> we, well, look at that. We all have them handy. <laughs> we need to, you know, we need to do that maybe at the, um, that looked like it was planned and it wasn't. <laughs> no. Yeah. It did look like it was planned. Totally wasn't. <laughs> That's when you know you're in alignment, right? When Absolutely. You no kidding yeah the um but i was gonna bring oh movement right it's movement the that's the best way and really that was one of the best ways when i was stuck in that cycle of the seasonal affective disorder and i decided that i was always a runner but i decided i'm gonna sign up for um you know 5k a half marathon and in movement i found like I found different ways to deal with a lot of the anxiety. So I want to say that too, is just the reason mm -hmm. why movement is so powerful is not to just get us from our head to our heart, but it actually um, neurologically, it connects the two sides of our brain. So it has them both 
uh, connected and it's requiring movement of all of our circuitry. So that's why we want to move, right? Sometimes, you know, you just like don't feel like getting out of bed or moving, but there is science behind moving your body when you feel stuck or anxious or depressed or worried about anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you know, when you think about movement too, it's, it's the same thing. And I, we've talked about it before, like if there are two geese that are having a quarrel amongst themselves, right. And then they swim away. And what's the first thing they do is they flap, right. They flap and they move their body to get rid of that unwanted energy. Take it off. And so, yeah, get it off. Right. And so that movement and physical movement and, and the, and exercising gets rid of some of that energy, some of that anxiety, it actually physically releases when you're doing Mm -hmm. that too. I think just watching animals can help as well, right? If you can't access uh, nature or take a walk and connect with nature, and that's another one which I really want to touch upon, but if you can't connect with nature, find like the discovery or something on Netflix or YouTube, nature sounds, but the importance of connecting with nature, I'm sure you've talked about this, Mm -hmm. but you know that movement of energy and is so important not just meditating and breathing but because we have the seven chakras that we know of but there's really actually more but we won't go into that because we have these seven chakras and anyone that's on their spiritual path is so focused on connecting um you know through the crown or to meditation or to source or whoever it is that you're connecting with that energy a lot of the time we get stuck in our root Mm -hmm. and that's where our truth is that's where we're connected to something bigger and greater than ourselves so that's why you know grounding is a big Mm -hmm. message that's come to me too through moving through a lot of that anxiety is getting out in nature and even if you can't like i said watch it or just put your feet and imagine your feet in nature because our minds are so powerful we don't know the difference between what we are thinking to reality and that's Mm -hmm. um just the whole idea of consciousness and how important consciousness really is question I've seen Jennifer was asking what's a sound bowl so Jen there's a couple of different kinds so this is a sound bowl this is a Tibetan sound bowl and you can make it ring there are also quartz or crystal sound bowls so they have a different sound and I don't know, I'm holding it on my hand. I'm not sure that it'll, it'll do the right sound, but. And you can do the same thing by running your mallet around it as well. So they have different frequencies that align with different chakras in your body. And so they heal different things. And Jen, if you come to my room on Monday at school, you can play with my tuning forks because I also have my tuning forks right 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 handy and i've been taking them taking them to school so they're like this 
And so sound is very healing, right? It, it's, uh, it can allow your chakras to balance and, and it's also brings peace of mind too. like to mm -hmm. listen to your sound bowl ring. It just kind of puts you in a, in a meditative state. You know, it's right. really good to ring your bowl before you go into a meditation or, you know. It's that resonance, right? It's the vibration that is going through every cell in your being. And right. it's aligning all of your cells to be at the frequency that they're meant to be at. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, she said, oh, I sure will. Thank you. <laughs> there are a lot of, great meditations that you can find too on um on youtube about sound baths but there's nothing like being in the presence of one mm -hmm. and it really takes you also i believe out of the conscious mind and into the subconscious mind and i really want to touch upon that because i'm sure a lot of your audience knows about subconscious and conscious but it's how to get out of your head and into your heart, right? It's like, it's one thing to know that we're supposed to do it, but then how are we doing it? And why is it so important to do so? Mm -hmm. And if anyone, you know, has questions about subconscious mind, I'd love to touch upon that, but we are so driven by our subconscious mind and we don't realize it. Like, I don't even realize that anything that you are unhappy with right here, right now in the moment, it is rooted in your subconscious mind. I just want to say that. Right. Mm -hmm. And it's not, it doesn't mean that you need to, you're going to be like that forever, or you can't discover it. Right. It's just that awareness piece that yes, there is the undersurface and the undersurface is the most important, important messages that we receive in our physical world, right? And I think that the sound bowl is a perfect example of how we can have different awareness of the sounds that we're hearing, the sensations that we're feeling because really, you know, we're in this overstimulation, I feel like of our senses of living online, um, you know, the scrolling, the everything, it's overstimulating us. And that's one of the reasons why our nervous system and our minds can't keep up with it and why we're experiencing so much anxiety. So the subconscious mind is something to really address and be aware of what types of feelings, like I said, if you, that we're all just feelings, emotions, and, and thoughts, what type of feelings you have on that repeat? Because really, I feel like we go to maybe five main feelings um, in general. And a really good way to understand more of that is, um, find yourself at emotion wheel, right? I, they're all over Google emotion wheel. If you need an emotion wheel, I can send you one. But finding an emotion wheel and realizing like there's so many different ways to identify and label those sensations that we're feeling because now is the time that we're accelerating so rapidly through and our minds can't keep up with it, but our bodies hold everything 
right? So our bodies hold your truth. Your bodies hold the hope. Your body holds the desire. Um, it's funny because that's the card that I pulled earlier, sort of. <laughs> it says, I claim my desire. I hold great visions and I am ready to receive. Beautiful. Nice. We have another question from Warren. He says, what is your go-to way or strategy of getting out of your own way? Well, that's a very good question because I feel like we all get in our own way. And why do we do that? Right? Why do we get in our own way? It really is because we have our own truth that we were brought into the world. You, Warren, thank you for asking the question. Warren, you, Cindy, Tamala, myself, we were all brought into this world with our own journey, our own path. But we were conditioned before seven to not fulfill our own path, to fulfill someone's other's expectation of what our path would be or look like and we just absorbed everything everyone else's social conditioning everyone else's beliefs of us everything that was told to us kind of covered our way right it was like you're a diamond and then you got covered up so in, in order to get out of your own way and re-expose the diamond it's like you have to uncover and realize you have several different voices in your head and we all do. Don't mm -hmm. worry, you're normal. I know a lot of people think, oh my gosh, my head is so noisy. I might be schizophrenic. Like, you know, mm -hmm. that is very slim possibility, but, and I'm, I'm not downplaying that because there was schizophrenia in my life and not in my life, in my, um, grand, in my genetic history, not myself, but I'm not downplaying that. But it's interesting because a lot of the times when we are getting in our own way, it's other people's expectations, beliefs, thoughts that were absorbed as ours. So there's like a disconnect. Like you know your path, inner your inner knowing, your inner truth, you know it, but it's just covered up. And you're getting in your own way because other people got in your own way. And they put that into you. And that's actually, you think you're getting in your own way, but it's not. It's other people got in your own way. And um, it's not to downplay it all. It's just to be aware because we have several of those voices to start being aware of whose voice is this? Is this mm -hmm. my truth? Or is it a truth that someone else said, I couldn't do it, right? And it's you know, term now is quote, limiting beliefs, but I don't even like to term that. I don't even like to term it limiting beliefs. It's just beliefs, right? Mm -hmm. Because our beliefs got us this far. Like we want to be living here if we didn't have the amazing beliefs that we had. Right. <laughs> right. Samuel and yeah. Cindy? Mm -hmm. Right. And it's like, if you, if you are thinking something and I've been doing this a lot more in the last year and a half to two years. If I'm thinking something, I'll often ask myself, is that, is that even my thought? Do I even believe in what I'm thinking? Mm -hmm. Because we're conditioned, like you said, from toddlers, we're conditioned by other people's thoughts and beliefs. And so we then take those on and accept them as our own 
until we don't, right? Until we say that that's not even what I believe, right? I find it interesting. Actually, I had a friend stop in today that I haven't seen in a quite a long time. And we got onto the topic of COVID and vaccines. And she, I said, so are you getting one? And she said, well, you know, I wasn't going to. And then neighbor came and told me all these things. And well, I think I might. And, you know, I found it really interesting because it was like, she wasn't going from what she felt. She was going from what others were putting on her. So that was, mm-hmm. that was her belief was changed so easily by someone else's um, swaying them, you know, somebody else's thoughts or, or whatever, you know, so it's, it's not only what we were brought up with, it, it can happen in this day and age. And, you know, so um, it's so, so profound to be trusting your own body and trusting your own instincts and trusting your own t- intuition of what you feel in your own body, mm-hmm. what is right for you right and it's so so important um and so it's i just wanted to point out that it's not only stuff that happened before it's stuff right. you know we are being programmed every day from yes. so you know it's so important to choose what you are ingesting mm-hmm. you know whether it be on facebook or the news or whatever you're bringing right. into garbage in garbage out right yeah and so that can create new beliefs in every moment of every day <laughs> you know whoever you spend time with whatever you're taking in absolutely yeah. warren says don't believe everything you think <laughs> so, true. so true and i want to go back for a second because when we were talking about resonance chad says and he's a musician and he says there's something called sympathetic resonance or sympathetic vibration where your body will start to match the vibration of frequency that's coming from the outside source. And then when the body finally matches it, it resonates and amplifies exponentially. This is where the powerful healing takes place and that sense of alignment with source and peace. And it can be that the healing takes place or you can walk into an area where there are people, an example, a staff room, and you can feel the energy in there and know if you should continue walking in or if you should turn around and leave. But this also speaks to when you go to somebody who is a healing conduit, whether it's a sound healer or a Reiki healer, you know, somebody who has a healing modality, when you go to them and you walk into their room and you feel the peace, you're feeling their energy, you're feeling the energy of that space that they've cleared for you and that energy will help you to, to be at that wonderful vibration and source of peace. So thanks for that, Chad. Yeah, I want to say thanks to Chad as well. That was a mic drop from Chad. <laughs> awesome. Um, James also says, we get in our own way to be able to fit in and hide the true you from being ridiculed. We were programmed as children to follow our parents' foot tracks and directions for life, and we need to step away from the tracks and make our own trails and live for yourself. So, nice. so true. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very well said as well. 
Yeah. So Cindy and Tamla and Chad and thank you, James. James, was it? Thank you so much for bringing that up. But it's not just about the programming we had. And I feel that more and more every single day, I feel like from being a program from the outside world, from being on social media, from I do my best to avoid the news. I wish my husband would, yes. but um, from just absorbing other people's energies and being super mindful of that because we are being challenged every single day away from our inner knowing and our inner truth and our just our purpose, right? What we're called here to do and why we're getting in our own way is because we're so swayed this way and that way every single day. And so it is so powerful to just be mindful of it and have those daily practices and uh, discipline and boundaries to disconnect and to choose, right? Like you said, uh, Cindy, you had mentioned about the choosing. And it's interesting because the book that I'm reading by Napoleon Hill um, about the mind states it in a way to make sense about um, kind of deciphering between truth and fact, right? And I think that more and more we have to realize, is this truth or is this fact? And truth, he says, Napoleon Hill, he says the truth does change too. You know, our truth, I feel like we are evolving so much. So our truth from last year, last year might be different, right? Mm -hmm. um, the facts are the facts, but what is it? Is it your fact or is it someone else's fact? Mm -hmm. um, and just be mindful of that because then he says it's reasoning, it's willpower, and then it's deciphering between truths and facts and that these all reside in our subconscious and conscious mind. So I just wanted to point that out because it is a challenge, no matter where you are, about the information coming in and to just stay to our truth. And that's, again, I think connecting to nature, connecting to energy and different outlets, finding like-minded people, those, like you said, uh, Tamala, the healers, you walk into their space and you feel it. Mm -hmm. why is that is it mm -hmm. their minds is it the thoughts that they're carrying with them yeah and it's it's that energy it's the energy that they have their energy is a love energy it's mm -hmm. that it's i want to heal you and i'm going to do that through love and the energy that i can express towards you in whatever healing modality I'm utilizing, right? It's all about sharing love energy or higher, higher than love even, right? Mm -hmm. So I know that you've had so many different types of healers on the show. What, and you have utilized so many different modalities to heal. I think that's why we're so synchronized. Mm -hmm. What are some of your favorite modalities to that you have healed from or just to get out of the head and into the heart? Mine definitely is sound. I love sound. I 
I really, it, I resonate with it. <laughs> uh, nice. So yeah, sound for me is, is number one. And, and, you know, hands-on, whether it's Reiki or quantum touch or something like that, where the energy is actually flowing through the hands to you. So those are mine. Cindy? For me, I have to say sound as well, but also sensation. Mm-hmm. Um, it's really grounding for me. I um, dabbled a bit in cranial sacral uh, therapy, and it's so profound when you can become your body as well as the space around you. Um, it's hard to explain, but the, the, the sensation of, you know, every piece of your body as well as expanding beyond that and sharing that with somebody in a space is phenomenal. There's, there's no words. <laughs> mm-hmm. I could feel your energy. Like I almost felt mutated into this energy when you were just talking about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I, I feel you, your passion. And I think that you know, through the power of touch too, and Reiki is a um, modality that I'm discovering that I never thought I would become a Reiki healer, but it's just following the signs, right? Of what feels right in the moment. Yeah. But that so many people, because of COVID, because they're not seeing other people and hugging other people all the time, are missing out mm-hmm. on that. I think that's one of the biggest things is um, even like when I saw my parents after, you know, eight months uh, this year recently, it was like, my dad just wanted to hug me like all the time, right? Because he was so like missing that touch and we are meant to touch each other and, you know, in appropriate ways, but just have that physical sensation. And so I think that's why a lot of people are suffering because of the importance of it. But for me, I love connecting with nature. That's like one of my favorites. I don't even know what it's termed, but it was one of the uh, gateways back in Boulder, Colorado when I was in college was to understand how we are connected and one with nature. Mm -hmm. So even if you don't have that touch with physical touch, like a in-person Reiki or massage, it's like, for me, I go out to the tree every day and touch the tree. (laughs) Mm-hmm. I'm a tree hug hugger too. Yeah. <laughs> hug the tree. <laughs> Absolutely. Or the ground or anything, yes. a rock, right? Or mm-hmm. a flower, just anything that is um, nature. It's so we're all so interconnected yeah. in that embodiment piece. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. always coming back to the body. Yeah. And you know, I do have to go back and I have to say when, because I, went through a period five years ago, about four years ago, where I went through a physical ailment because of my mind creating an ailment and myofascial release is what, what helped me to get, get beyond that. And so that's something that's really important to bring up too. And I know Warren has mentioned myofascial release there as well. So yes. It's true. And it's not, it's not massage. It's different than massage. It's, uh, it's related, but it's hands-on. So as well. it's hands-on. Okay. I've never actually known 
personally to get it maybe. So it's very enlightening. I, I haven't heard of that term per se, mm-hmm. but you know, so whatever physical, it's amazing how much our physical ailments are all related to the things that are happening here, right? Yes. And the emotions that are, we're holding in our body, because like you said, and I'm glad you brought this up, Tamla, and I don't think we gave it enough importance about the PTSD, you know, as we term it, but the long-term effects of the past year Mm -hmm. of being through this global pandemic, you know, not just ourselves, but our kids, um, the elderly there, we don't really know how much this is going to affect us, but Mm -hmm. all emotions are residual energy of the past. That's what Joe Dispenza terms it. Right. right. And so there's going to be so much energy that we're carrying with us moving forward. And so it's imperative that even in the moment, whatever you feel like we really seek out help and move through that energy. So we're not carrying it with us into mm-hmm. next year, into five years, into 10 years. Right. Is that the message really is to let go, Mm -hmm. let go of a lot of the things, just everything, you know, not everything, but just know like the emotions that you're feeling, honor them, and then also release them. Mm -hmm. So then you can receive those nuance. And that's why I always ask myself, how do you want to feel today? That's beautiful. I I love that. How do you Mm -hmm. want to feel today? I start my day with gratitude, but now I have to add that. Yeah, no doubt. <laughs> that's, that's great. Open your eyes and ask that question. Mm-hmm, absolutely. So Carrie, is there anything else that you would like to talk to uh, talk about to our audience so that they can gain any more insight from you? Or we can send them to your page so that they can connect to you? Well, the insight is that we're really, you know, all of our human behavior is driven through our identity. And that's the biggest thing is really just ask yourself, like, who do you, there's another question I ask myself, there's four questions, but it's not just how do you want to feel today? It's who do you want to be today? Because that's really the biggest thing. That's what drives our human behavior. And so whoever we were last year, even last week, even, you know, 10 years ago, is not necessarily who you have to be in the future. You know, if you're um, a teacher, if you're a dentist, a lawyer, a singer, whatever that quote identity is, it's like, we are so much more than just that one identity. So that empowerment part is not just to choose how you want to feel every day, but who is it? We must choose to be someone different because that's what we're here to do is to learn, grow and evolve. And so that's one of the messages. Like if you are feeling depressed or anxious, it's because of something that's no longer serving you. And it's that movement that you are called to do more. I believe that we're all called to do more, but we get in our own way because Mm -hmm. of our mind and because of our identity. 
And not just like we brought up, which I'm really happy we brought up about um, other people's beliefs influencing us and our choices from day to day. Mm-hmm. It's choose who do you want to be and then how do you want to feel and how you're going to change the world because really it's not what you do now in the moment. I always start with the end in mind. That's Stephen Covey's, but Mm -hmm. if this was your last day, like what do you want people to say about you, right? What is it that you're going to leave that lasting legacy? Because yes, they might say you're a teacher, you're a doctor, but what is it that you're going to contribute to the world besides just the identity? And so that's where I want to empower everyone to create their own life's mission and align it because I believe that we all have a a message and a mission in our life and all the other part is going to get figured out the how when you get really clear on that mission, the message and why, the why behind it. Beautiful. That was awesome. Yeah. Thank you so much for that, Carrie. Yes. Okay. We have come to the point in our show where I'm going to ask you some squirrel shots. So some quick shot questions that you just need to come up with an answer on the spot. Are you ready for those? I am. Yes. Excellent. What is your favorite hobby? Photography. Ah, Most dangerous thing that you've ever done. Oh gosh, I've done so many dangerous things. Like you would not even want to know. I would say logically, probably jumping out of an airplane. Um, illogically, I'm not quite sure it's um, rated for the show. <laughs> Describe yourself in three words. Inspiring, motivated, and successful. Any addictions that you have? Oh my gosh. You're asking someone that has an addictive personality, (laughs) but we're so much more than just our personality. I have an addiction to chocolate. Excellent. (laughs) What's your, sorry, I'm doing up all the, the illegal addictions. Thank goodness. it's uh chocolate and cheese but more than anything it's it's chocolate what was your favorite book growing up to be honest I never read books growing up I could never actually finish a book so I don't think I even completed a book until college age um and now I'm such an avid book reader So one of my favorite books when I started reading, I would say is The Art of Happiness and it's by the Dalai Lama Mm -hmm. and co-authored. And that's really, I think, what started me on the spiritual journey that I am. Nice. Best advice you've ever been given? Never give up. Favorite cuisine? Favorite cuisine? Well, I'm a big foodie. And so I have favorite foods. Cuisine, I would say French. Favorite place to work? Outside. 
What's more important, a certificate or experience? Experience. My last question, perpetually cold or hot place to live? Oh, hot, hot, hot. Bring me the sun and humidity. I will be there forever. And I am bless. with you, girl. <laughs> okay. And Cindy has yep. one last question for you before we wrap this up tonight. Carrie, if you could climb to the highest mountaintop and the whole world could hear you, what would you say? All I could think of is I did it. Like, I really did it. I feel like at the end of my life, I'm going to say the same thing. Like, I survived. I did it. Please don't send me back. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> Thank you so much, Carrie, for being here with us. Can you give us a, a rundown of where we can find you? Where can our listeners find you if it's Facebook, Instagram? I have a website. It's my name, CarrieFate.com, but I am, you can find me most on Instagram and that's at CarrieFaithOnPurpose. Uh, that's K-E-R-I, Faith on Purpose. On Facebook, I do have the same page, CarrieFaithOnPurpose. And, you know, like I said, we ventured into the uh, clubhouse and TikTok world. So it just continues to expand. Uh, the best place is probably on social or you can even email me carriefaithonpurpose at gmail.com. And if you can carry tonight sometime or tomorrow, can you put those links into our comments and then people can just uh, easily find where to get you? Okay. Absolutely. That was a lot of links. I know you can find me on the Carry Faith on Purpose podcast too on all your listening uh, podcasts platforms. Perfect. Well, thank you so much for being here, Carrie. We've had an excellent conversation and I look forward to carrying this conversation on with you, not just now, but in the future. So thank you everyone for being here and listening with us again. We look forward to having you back again next week. We wish you a wonderful rest of your week. We're signing off from TTSN. Have a great night, everyone. Good night. You.